Do you really have a box there, John? Yeah, off camera. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sure. Yes, yeah. just off camera. I've just got it here. Okay. Just off camera. <laughs> right. <laughs> I've got a box here. Look. There you go. Look, that's the box. Yeah. I, got I don't want to know box. what's in your box, Neil. I want you to tell me what's in my box. I've got right, loads so of boxes. Box. <laughs> You're listening to The Occupational Philosophers with Simon Banks and John Rice. Welcome to another episode of The Occupational Philosophers. John, hello. Lovely to see your smiling face as always. Hey, Simon. Nice to see you. What have we got for this special episode today, haven't we? What's well, the John, this is really, this is celebrating the Northern Hemisphere summer solstice, and let's call it our Northern Summer special of Thought Experiments Extravaganza. How's that? <laughs> I'll go with Extravaganza. I was going to go for Bumper Special, but Extravaganza is good. So, John, if you're, this is the first episode you've tuned into, what's a Thought Experiment? Well, a thought experiment, Simon, is something that all great philosophers engaged in. They were ideas that could be explored through imagining something, finding a metaphor for something, exploring it, testing it, and in that way they would find themselves towards some path of wisdom or truth. And so in keeping with that, every episode that we've had of the occupational philosophers, we have run similar thought experiments. Maybe not so similar as some of the originals, but that's what people can the, enjoy now. The intent, the intent is pure. So look, what can people look forward to today, John? What, who are some of our, or where of our summer, who or where well, look, or what? We have stuffed this to the rafters with some of our favourite thought experiments, mainly from our guest episodes, because we've had some fantastic guests and it's always been a joy when they've played with us with these thought experiments. So for example, we have, Tamara Campbell, and with Tamara we had Famous Love Parents, which again was an early favourite of mine. We also then, with Ash Perrin of the Flying Seagull Project, we said, is this a real job? Where we tested Ash's thoughts around whether a surf barista was something you might find in a, uh, a job advertisement. All right, and we then jumped into our episode with Eleanor Tweddle, the world-famous author, and we then jumped into the thought experiment called Twaddle or Tweddle. And I'll leave you to explore that one as you uh, will. And we then teamed up with Dr. Brock Bastian, who is a globally renowned psychologist uh, with a, a lot to speak about pain. And this was Guess the Source of My Pain. <laughs> and then we had Neil, Neil Malarkey. Again, another favourite near Christmas time. And uh, with Neil, we did What's in the Box? So find out what was in Neil's box by tuning in and keep listening. And then Mike Parsons, with his own Moonshots podcast, inspired us to have a thought experiment called Moonshot or Moonshit, or Shite, as we called it. became shite towards the end of it, and we thought, ooh, do we sound a bit harsh? And to wrap it up, we heard from the wonderful... Jez Rose, globally known behavioural behavioralist, I'll say, and a very, very funny guy with his lost garden of curiosity. A packed agenda there, Simon. So, yeah, enjoy. Enjoy. 
So look, as part of being good occupational philosophers, we like to run thought experiments to help us be as curious as we can and expand our minds. And today's thought experiment is about love parents. Now, the reason this came about is it's said that Kiki is the love child of Borat and Dame Edna. So we're thinking we're going to talk around love parents. Now, John, do you want to take it from here? Absolutely, yeah. We've got some real challenging, tough questions here, but give it your best shot tomorrow. We've got five of these for you. Uh, And what we want you to do is to guess who the love parents are of the person (laughs) that we tell you, okay? And we'll we'll just top up your score at the end of this, okay? So um, the first up is Donald Trump. That's (laughs) Donald Trump. Who are the love parents of Donald Trump? Satan and... (laughs) Um, oh, Satan and, um, oh, Bronwyn Bishop. Sorry, that's an Australianism. <laughs> Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> uh, well, that's, uh, that's a fantastic combination. Unfortunately, it's wrong. It's actually uh, a pumpkin and a massive baby. So, right. so, uh, <laughs> Let's see how you go on the next one. Well, so next up, we've got someone uh, closer to home. Do you want to take that one, uh, Simon? Okay, yeah. So who are the love parents of Chris Hemsworth, the Australian actor? (laughs) Gina Davis and, um, well, let me think about that. Gina Davis and, oh, George Clooney. Gina Davis and George Clooney. (laughs) Well, it's a very good guess, but unfortunately, that's not the right answer. He is the love child of Kim Kardashian and the Norse god Odin. <laughs> oh, yeah, see, I should have gone mythical for the, yeah, should have. George Clooney just wasn't cutting, wasn't high enough. I was batting before uh, <laughs> All right, John, you have our, have our next one. I do, yeah. This one is, uh, I think you'll know him, Russell Brand. Have you heard of Russell yes, Brand? Yes, I know Russell yeah, Brand. Comedian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Russell, Bra- Russell Brand. Who are the love parents of Russell Brand? Oh, Jesus. Um. <laughs> no, he's, he's definitely. your first guest? Got <laughs> <laughs> the same hairdo. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, the love parents of Russell Brand. Oh, my God. Um, um, the Sutra. And um, <laughs> the the position or the person, the karma. Either That's the sutra, the, <sighs> the karma sutra, and um, rock and roll. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> now, look. Whilst I think that is actually a better answer than the real answer, which is Elton John and a King Charles Spaniel. <laughs> So, look, yeah. unfortunately, <laughs> you're not going that well on uh, thought experiment. But, look, we'll we'll keep pushing on. Now, this is the singer Adele. Who are the love parents of Adele? <sighs> Taylor Swift and Shania Twain. That's <laughs> oh, a good answer. But, unfortunately, the correct answer is Elton John and Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> Should have known. How did I not know that? I know this is—it's uh, not going well. But look, you've got a cha- you've got a chance to redeem yourself on this last one. This is the last one. Okay, Sarah. last one. Uh, so this is Jacinda Arden. Who are the love parents of Jacinda Arden? Ah, uh, Brené Brown and 
Barack Obama. Ooh, that's a nice combo, but uh, it's wrong. <laughs> it's actually Scarlett Johansson and Kevin from Accounts. <laughs> wow, she really did well for herself coming from that background. <laughs> We're going to jump into another thought experiment. And this one, we've read where you describe someone as an anarchist clown pirate. So it's how you describe someone's job, which I thought was a really great job title. So our thought experiment is we would like to explore some job titles to see if they are real or not. Now, John has some job titles and it's our job to work out if they're real or not. So it's a little bit of a a game. It is a game. So Simon hasn't heard these either, Ash. So it is an equal competition here. Mm -hmm. Uh, For the record, anarchist clown pirate is an actual job description. They are actual anarchists, actual clowns, and actually live on yachts as pirates. So that's (laughs) That's that's where I heard it. I heard that and I thought, why was that job never offered to me when I was growing up at school? Because of your white socks and Crocs, mate. You just, you're not pirate material. No anarchist <laughs> wears Crocs and socks, man. Right. Let's do this. So, job titles. Real? Well, first off, can you guess what they are? And are they real or not? So, number one, uh, pro-cure. That's real. Pro- that's that's real, you think? I Ash, reckon that's Simon? real, yeah. Do you think that's real, Simon? What do you think? A procure. I would say it comes from the world of procurement or something. I was thinking your pro things being cured. Uh, oh, as no, in like diseases Q. or something. No, no, no. Q as in forming okay. a cure. Uh, ah, yeah. Is well, that, that's that's definitely real because that's an English thing. You love Q. Is that, is that what you heard, Ash? A cure, yeah, I heard procure. Not procuring, not which is like another word for doctor, isn't it? I'm a procurer. <laughs> right, I, I'd say so, procure is real, and it's someone who maybe works for the British government at maybe like national heritage sites, and people line up and they go around, they go oh, orderly queue, please, orderly queue. Maybe they're seeing a bit of disruption going to you know like Sky Gardens in London or something, and they're oh queue procure. I'm a procure. Mm-hmm. I reckon it's yeah. real, and I think uh-huh. there's two times they're booked. One of them is if like Apple's got a new iPhone coming out, you can pay somebody to go and stand in place for you for like two days before, and then you rock up for it. I reckon that's what it is. You are absolutely right, Ash. So that is absolutely, <laughs> absolutely a point to Ash in there. Uh, yeah, they can earn up to 100 and £150 a day to go stand in a queue. And your example is queuing for the latest Apple product. There you go. Who knew? Well, you did. (laughs) I guess, but I mean, you know, people go mad for those things. Next one is a surf barista. A surf barista. I'm going to say this is false. Because trying to, as a surfer, and I think Ash, you're a surfer as well, trying to uh, someone paddle out with a coffee into the <laughs> surf, <laughs> even though we've thought about this, we discuss this a lot, this whole process of, because we always have coffee, I mean, have surf, then go for coffee, sort of like the, that's part of our ritual. But we thought, imagine if you get it in the surf, but I think the logistics of it, 
are too tough. Mm. <laughs> My latte is no. Psh, so See, <laughs> I, the thing is, I mean, I don't know. I firstly, like saying I am a surfer is the most complimentary. That I, I know how to sit on a board and not fall off for too long. But um, I wonder because Simon, you're, you, are you do you live in Australia and you mainly surf there? Okay, so you wouldn't have the same need for a coffee on a surfboard as a UK surfer because it is it can get proper cold. So I'm I, I've never seen them. I've as you say, we always surf. You don't really want to stop and have a coffee out back behind the lineup. Like it would be weird. And then when you're done, it's the nicest bit when you go to the beach cafe and you have an egg sandwich. And, and so, however. You could strap a flask to your back, you paddle out with all the bits, you get behind the back line and you swim around and you say, I'm going to say it's not true, but it's a good idea. <laughs> it is not true. It is not true. I completely made that up. But now you've discussed it in a very creative, curious and imaginative way. There is a gap in the market. <laughs> uh, you know, there's one problem. There's one problem. How do they pay? Oh, you no, have to have your, ba- your bank card, like coffee credits in your wetsuit. Like it's never going to happen. Surfers are never going to go for it. <laughs> okay. Last one is light bender. That's true. And it's, I, I, it's got me some events thing, some events display person, or they bend light for scientific experiment. It's true. Now, when I think about this one, when I think around uh, Mickey Flanagan, the comedian, and he spoke around, uh, are you going out or are you going out, out? And so this difference. So it's sort of like you're having a light bender or a big bender. I'll just light bender tonight. I'll be fine for tomorrow. So <laughs> I wonder if it could be uh, a phrase used in another way, but I think it's true as well. It is true. It is someone who is responsible for a high-tech precision job of making neon lights. There you go. Something new, a light mm. bender. Um, and that was someone's idea, wasn't it? Somebody said, hey, what about if we could make lights, a thing called neon? We go, what? what's neon? They go, you'll see. Check this out. Yeah, yeah go Ooh. talk to Jeff. He's a light bender. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's been on a heavy bender the night before, so he might want to get <laughs> a surf coffee on the way. But imagine it's almost there's someone in the village, oh, the house is a bit dark, and oh, you need to go see the light bender. You'll sort that out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This thing about jobs, actually, Simon, can I just share, Ash, will you indulge? I've got a, I had an anecdote about this as well, Simon, which was about jobs again, because (laughs) there was a new national career service thing launched by the government here in the UK. And it was an online thing where you could go on and you answer these questions. Do you like this? Do you like that? Do you want to work with people? Do you want to sit in a dark room on your own? All those kind of things. And you (laughs) go through this thing and then it pops out an answer to tell you a suitable job. So I did this. (laughs) And this is how it read. I've got to read this out. So at the end of me completing this 40 question questionnaire, it said, your answers show you are a creative person and enjoy coming up with new ways of doing things. You are sociable and find it easy to understand people. You like to lead other people and are good at taking control of situations. Because of your answers, we could not recommend any jobs. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. That was it. That was it. Do you want to take this test again? No. (laughs) I mean, what a positive review for what is ultimately an unemployable person. Exactly. This is, this is why I find myself doing a podcast. 
I did that. I did that retrain thing just for fun. You know, the government recently saying to creatives, you know, retrain. So I yeah. filled out the form and I got horse groomer. <laughs> <laughs> I could be a horse groomer. <laughs> I've never groomed a horse, but apparently I'm qualified. <laughs> well, well, kid, you know, was it, seven was years it? in theatrical training. Horse oh, groomer. That was question 27 in the test, wasn't it? It said, do you like horse, horse grooming? <laughs> yeah. How are you with a with a yes, handheld brush? One to five. Four. I have a big beard. Mm, experience with longer, more wiry hair. Huh? Typical horse grooming qualification. Okay, it's time for another thought experiment, Eleanor. Now you talk about cliches and we actually heard one earlier about where people say oh you've been made redundant what a gift and they say something you know some cliche that sounds a bit hackneyed is meant to be useful or profound in some ways but it's completely meaningless i know they irritate us all so what we thought is for this thought experiment we'd play on that theme and so this is called twaddle or tweddle <laughs> oh god so we're gonna play playground gonna... flashback Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Go over there, Twaddle. Twaddle, come this way. Yeah. Um, so, Twaddle or Twaddle. So, are these phrases we're about to say, are they Twaddle or are they something actually Eleanor Twaddle would go, do you know what? There's something in that. And here's the learning. So, let's, uh, I'll start again. Let's go. So, laughter is the best medicine. Is that Twaddle? Or Tweddle? I'm going to say it's Tweddle because I do love laughter. But like medicine, probably there's a time and a place, maybe. <laughs> um, <laughs> Very good point. I mean, yeah, you know, not to laugh at people is perhaps what I'm saying, but laugh with people is definitely the medicine and can always get you out of a of a bit of a funky day so yeah laughter is a good thing it's a good thing it's a you title know, i grew up i was asthmatic when i was younger so if i'm having an asthma attack and someone says laughter is the best medicine <laughs> yes <I'm> like, oh, <laughs> exactly <laughs> or, or i'm a diabetic and they go oh you're, you're, exactly. you're looking a bit peaky. Laugh. <laughs> I'm going, no, insulin. <laughs> Have exactly. you heard the one about? <laughs> it's yes. You've got to be a little bit careful with laughter. It's not always appropriate. <laughs> I did. I did once laugh at something that was very inappropriate, and I just couldn't. My friend fell through a floor <laughs> in the house. <laughs> and I still laugh now. It's you're still laughing now. I can see. Yeah, I mean, she could have died, but. It's just funny. She sort of was saying bye as well. <laughs> bye. And she just went, Phew. plank just gave. Anyway, sorry. Distract. <laughs> okay. No, I like the story. That laughter was good. not good. Yeah. Okay. She did need insulin. And, she uh, did. She needed okay. an ambulance, not me laughing at her. Yeah. <laughs> just going, just laugh. It'll be fine. All right. Now, our next one is never look a penguin in the eye unless you have a plan. Is that mm. twaddle or tweddle? Um, I would, you know what, let's go tweddle. You know what, if you're in a privileged position to look at a penguin in the eye, <laughs> I think you probably have got a good plan. You've already probably 
in the middle of your plan, <laughs> like on the Falklands somewhere. You probably already know why you're there. Just keep going with your plan. Maybe the penguin isn't involved in the plan. But yeah, look it in the eye, say hello. I think penguins are good things. So I'm going to say twaddle. All right, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll give it one a tick. We've got two twaddles. <laughs> we don't know the origin of that one, but that's fantastic, Eleanor. Right, um, here we go. Next one then, twaddle or twaddle. Don't let the perfect become enemy of the good. Don't let the perfect become the enemy of the good. Well, I think we were talking about this before, about your perfectionism and perfection is in the eye of the beholder. So I guess it could be twaddle. It could also be twaddle because I think there's also something that we do have to be honest about, which is sometimes things aren't good enough. Like things aren't. And we all say, oh, we're all good enough. But some things are I think this is where X Factor and Pop Idol and stuff you know they gave the wrong message that everyone can sing sometimes you can't you cannot sing end of so you know this perfection <laughs> you could be a perfection you like but so I think you've just got to have a bit of reality around what that perfection means and then what that reality is to you so yeah it's a twiddle twaddle there's something about context is everything isn't there maybe that's why yeah. cliches are a bit lazy thinking aren't they because you need yeah. to know there's always context it could be you you're right it could be twaddle or twaddle <laughs> or twiddle twaddle or whatever that one was <laughs> now, this is an australian one particular to tasmania where i grew up tasmania is a bit like wales mm. if that makes I've sense been to tasmania, sort of, yeah, yeah. oh well, there you go sort of how australia might think around tasmania the cat that walks slowly is called alan the slow cat twiddle or twaddle it's completely twaddle um <laughs> I think I met that cat actually when I was backpacking around <laughs> Tasmania. And yeah, Alan, Alan the slow cat, yeah. Alan the slow cat. Everybody knows Alan and he's a good dude. And um, as long as you pay him for selfies, it's all good. So I think that one's a tweddle. Absolutely. I have no idea. I don't know. <laughs> what twiddles, does that mean? Twiddles correct. <laughs> Alan the slow cat will be delighted. I think there's a UK equivalent, Simon, but we're, I think the cat's called Barry. Yeah, <laughs> or Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> right. He is what he is and he right. does what he does. <laughs> we got two more here, Eleanor. So here we go. So don't worry if the wheat is dry, the mill will find the flour. Oh, that feels, well, I'm going to say twaddle because at the moment that feels really, it's giving me anxiety because of all the wildfires and everything. Like dry wheat <laughs> is not a good thing right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in the, from a farming aspect, as long as the farmer gets his ass out there, starts kind of getting it cut, all kind of brought into the mill, it will find it. I don't think the mill will find it on its own. I'm going to be honest. No, the farmer. You're, will, you're the giving farmer, this. You're giving this way more thought than I. Ever thought. Yeah, the farmer <laughs> definitely needs to be involved. The mill cannot just find the flower itself. Yeah. <laughs> Twaddle. So, well, twaddle, you're correct there. That it is, is, that is twaddle. Complete twaddle. And our last one, life is more interesting if you push a bit harder. Twaddle or twaddle? Yeah, uh, twiddle twaddle because it depends what you're pushing. If you're, you know, just pushing that wall that we talked about and you're just 
on a wall pushing. No, it doesn't get interesting. You're just pushing the same wall. If you're pushing something more interesting, what could be interesting to push? Like a, I don't know, a car out of a out of the mud. That could be interesting. Good, we could be doing something a bit more interesting. Yes, <laughs> but no, I think this thing about push, push, you know, careful what you're pushing for, and look at the wall you're pushing. So twaddle. Well, that's interesting because that's one of your direct quotes. <laughs> so that is twaddle. It's total twaddle. Total, total twaddle. I heard it on, uh, I think it was the Happy Startup podcast, and I thought, oh, that sounds good. <laughs> I'd say anything. I literally would go on a podcast and say anything. <laughs> So, Brock, we love getting people to get curious, think a little differently. You would probably know from your work that thought experiments are a big way that philosophers and researchers think, try to make sense of things and explore ideas. So we have our own thought experiments here on the Occupational Philosophers. And we wanted to, today, we thought we'd share with you um, our own research around the topic of pain, which is obviously something very close to your work, and invite you to share your talent in recognizing the source of pain, be that physical or emotional, which both myself and Simon, as I say, have been researching and we found out. We have five expressions of pain and we'd like you to identify the source. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Okay. Right. So the first one is uh, as follows. Ooh. So can you recognize the source of that pain, Brock? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, it, it sounds as though maybe maybe it's a stubbed toe. <laughs> it's not. It's not, not far too off. far away. Yeah. <laughs> it was actually, unfortunately, that's uh, that's incorrect, Brock. It was me okay. stepping on a piece of my my child's Lego. Oh, okay, yes, yes. yes. You recognise it now. You recognise it now, don't you? Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. in the right. Um, you're in the right so, ballpark. So, okay, so here's the second one. This pain is. Hmm. Right. That's that's when you've um, suggested to your yes. That's when someone's disagreeing with you, isn't it? <laughs> Not too far off. That is actually when after Father's Day you get your chocolates and your treats. You hide them in the house. Oh. You go and then open the drawer by your bed, and they're mm. gone. And the hmm, oh, it's yeah. like, yeah. all right, do I keep my cool here, or do I just go ballistic? And yell at the kids. So. <laughs> Not too. That's pretty good, though. You're pretty good. You're pretty good. All right. Yeah, close. Yeah. Okay. Next one. Oh. oh. You've just you've just sat on an entire Lego construction on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's uh, that's uh, sound. Um, that's seventeen. That's uh, further down in this. In- <laughs> <laughs> we did do that one no i'm sorry sorry brock but that was actually uh that was me getting out of a chair too quickly oh right oh well, did, i said that the chair part i had the chair part you had the chair part i thought you were yeah, getting you, close there you're but, remarkably uh, good at this actually we've had other people who've never been able to guess any of these so you're remarkably good all right here's the next one uh. That sounds like disappointment to me of some of some sort. Yeah, disappointment. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go with disappointment. Yeah, absolutely. That's when I look in the mirror and I realise my hair is thinning. 
That's good. Yeah, That's good. I, I get an update from a hairdresser each time. You know, little, little <laughs> <laughs> All right, John, you've got, got, got a last one. <laughs> last one. Last one. There. Anyway, this is a tough one. Oh! oh. Well, I, I mean, that certainly sounds more significant. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's definitely a scientist or psychologist speaking trying to just sort of come around it in a peripheral way yes uh, <laughs> yeah. um i don't know it is I mean, significant you're right i'll give you that it is significant yeah, pain. You've, you've forgotten to take your leg out of the car as you shut the door Ooh, that, very that, close uh, no. <laughs> well, not, not very close. Close. The, close. Le- <laughs> the level of pain probably you're probably right here Unfortunately, it's wrong. That was actually a that was a pelican flying into my face while I was doing yoga. Of course, I mean I can't. Uh, <laughs> I mean, as you think back to it now, you go, "Oh yes, you just missed that." How did I miss that? Yeah. How did you miss Hello. it? Yeah. But car well, door, I did do that as well, and it was a similar sound. <laughs> Hey, it's time for a thought experiment. And look, we love to follow in the long line of uh, great philosophers who do experiments to push their thinking. Like, let's say our main man, Albert Einstein, sort of experimented, thought about him shooting off on a beam into space and the way it sort of shifts our mind. So we have a thought experiment. John, would you like to introduce this one? Yes, Neil. So I've heard you speak before about how organisations are often very keen to think outside the box, that idea of blue sky thinking and what's the ideas that are out there. But uh, actually, what you were suggesting is uh, what's missed is often what's inside the box already. And then you go on to talk about how improv is really trying to help us get the most of what's within. So we have a number of boxes in front of us. I've got a number of boxes here just off, off camera. And we'd like to ask you, what's in the box? Uh, what would you do with what's in the box? Okay. All right. You ready? Now? Okay. Okay. Just to be just clear here, the- do we have an edit button here in case I'm completely rubbish? No, this is uh, this is improv. This is live. Oh, okay. What's in the box? Do you really have a box there, John? Yeah. Off camera. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sure. Yes, yeah. just off camera. I've just got it here. Okay. Just off camera. <laughs> right. <laughs> I've got a box here. Look, there you go. Look, that's the box. Yeah. I got. I don't want to know box. what's in your box, Neil. I want you to tell me what's in my box. I've got right, loads so of boxes. Box. <laughs> Color coded at the back. Yeah. So look, I've got a big white box here. Look at that. <laughs> there's a there's a big box. Get what's in here? Box. Right. Well, you'll you'll, you'll be you'll be really good at this thought experiment. I've got look. I've got Ethernet cable. I've got boxes. Yeah, I know. Plenty. Every everyone's got a cable box. We've all got a cable yeah, box. I, that's my big cable box. This 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 box is my little cable box. So, all right, uh, there all we right, are. All right, I've got another all right. box full of. I'll pens. show you the box. All right, I'll show you the box. There's the box. Okay. Right. <laughs> it's not a box off, but you do have a good collection of boxes. Yeah. My oh. boxes are better than yours. I've got, you've boxed me senseless. Right. Okay. I have so, box. Box number okay. one. Box number box one. Box number one. It's it's there. There it is. Schrodinger's Schroding, okay. box. Schrodinger's yeah. box, Neil. And I know you know this. So it has a cat inside it. 
But the question is this, Neil, is it a live cat in the box or is it a dead cat? Can you uh, tell us what your answer is, please? It's a live cat. I have to, that's who I am. I think in life, not dead. Um, I'm sorry. It's dead. Oh. <laughs> what are you going to do with what's in the box? <laughs> dead cat. Well, Linton Crosby, the polling guy, doesn't he say put a dead cat on the table to keep people's attention away from the other thing? So I put it on the kitchen table. Actually, I was on a holiday once in Mallorca, and there was this poor cat, and my friend was really good, and she was trying to feed it water, and then it died. And a dead cat really is quite stiff. Rigor mortis sets in quite quickly. So we had to, I had to pick it up and put it in a bin and, and try and find some sort of burial place for it. So I don't, why, what kind of podcast is this? You're killing cats. What, what are you? What, Schro what Schrodinger's kind of, cat. Schrodinger's cat. That's just, a, that's it's quantum a, uh, physics. It's quantum, quantum physics. physics. I know, but uh, the thing is, um, Schrodinger was saying that the cat could be dead and alive. And, and so keep the box shut. And we can live with the ambiguity. You've just killed my cat. All right. Well, let, let's try another box because we like to look, see what's inside I the promise, box now. I promise no more dead cats, Neil. No more dead cats. All right. Well, okay. I mean, okay. what, what, if I'd said it was, if it was, well, if I'd said it was dead, would you have said it's alive? And then I'd have to deal with that. I, I would stroke he's, the cat. He's found, he's found us out, Simon. <laughs> well, let's yeah. try another box. Let's try another box. Now, there's... <laughs> A uh, box to my right. Uh, it's an Amazon Prime box now. It's, it's quite large, about the size of a sort of a, a bar fridge. What three things are in the box? Uh, are these things I want? or Because I'm all down now with this dead cat thing. So uh, what, a <laughs> a, what do you mean by a bar fridge? Is it like a mini bar? Yeah, like a mini bar fridge. Yeah, like it okay. sort of sits, I guess, like a full-size fridge in England that sits under your bed. <laughs> In Australia, we call that a mini fridge. Yeah, a mini fridge. Well, oh, does it have to be a fridge though? Because I was going to say red wine. So I like no, red no. Wine. It's about the size of a fridge. The box. So it's got red wine in it. Yep. <laughs> okay. I don't have red to wine. find two other things I like. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, because I was. I'd like to have some reflexology in the box. Can I? Okay. I love people <laughs> yeah. doing that to my feet. Don't you love that? I love that, and I'd like. Yes. I was just thinking that I put that on my Christmas list. Some reflexology, reflexology. and. Uh, Oh, I'm just thinking about Christmases now. A DVD of uh, Jean de Florette, the French film. All right. Can I have uh, that? You can. It's like Look. Desert Island Discs. Well, <laughs> let, let's see what's in this box. Uh, what, you... No, no, there's, uh, that was wrong. Oh. There's a tomato quiche, an extra large wombat, which is alive, and an electric drill. Now, what could you do with these things? Right. Well, I've actually seen a wombat. So when I was... We went on a holiday to Australia a few years ago, and we did a tour based from Sydney and of uh, the Blue Mountains and then New South Wales. And the, this tour guy, we went at night, and he got friendly with this wombat. So I, I was as close to a wombat as I am to <laughs> you, except you are <laughs> miles away. So I love wombats, but why? Why have I got a? So I've got a tomato quiche I would eat. Yeah, yeah. I've got, I've got a drill. I don't know what to do with that. I've no idea what to do with that, but I. I don't want to get involved with the drill and the wombat. I just, I'd say hello to the wombat. I would do tomato. Do wombats eat tomato? I think that probably not. The drill I'd ha I passed to a handy woman, probably. My wife, when I moved in, she said, Where's your uh, toolbox? I said, I haven't got one. Um, I've, got, I've got a screwdriver. I can change a plug. That's all I can do. So, did, what, did you want me to do something with the drill? Oh, 
No, that, 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 that's pretty good. That's pretty no, you good. Did we'll, it, yeah. uh, we'll, we'll run with that. That's uh, we'll, we're running with that. John, you've got what about the our last box, the shoe box? I got a what's shoe in the shoe box. Shoe, the shoe box now. That shoe box. So what's in the what's in the box? Neil, what's in the box? I've got a shoe. The last box. box. Oh, a shoe box. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I probably have. What do they call the the things you put you, slides? Slide no. sliders. They're not sliders. Yeah, like flip flops, but you don't have that yeah. annoying thing between your toe. Yeah. So yeah. I, <laughs> that would mean I'm probably somewhere warm. So I'm okay. probably on holiday. There we are. How about that? Am I extemporizing here? I'm probably in Greece. There we are. I'm walking in the sl- I'm, the shoes. There they are. I'm walking from the room to the swimming pool by way of the bu- buffet. How's that? So we'll have a buffet, some sliders, and grease in there. (laughs) Are you writing these? Are you you (laughs) psychoanalyze me based on all this? We're cross-referencing what's in the box. (laughs) Have a look at the box. I'm I'm just going to open it now. Sorry, no. We've got a small trifle. Uh, We've got a a bus ticket from Wollongong to Australia and a catapult. Oh, that sounds nice. Yeah, what what will you do with what's in the box, Neil? Small trifle. Uh, Bus ticket Trifle. will have gone to Adelaide and a catapult. Catapult, I don't know. I'd probably see how far I can send something. I'd have to get a stone, I guess. I'd kill Goliath, would I? I don't know. Sounds good. Yeah. Sounds good. I eat the trifle. The ticket, I get on the bus. I get on the bus. Get on the bus. Get on the bus. Why not? Fantastic. Sounds a great yeah. bus. Excellent. Is there, is there a last one? Should we see if Neil can get one right? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> We've, I had, mean, we've just, had some guests in our time. But <laughs> I failed dismally. Well, well yeah, just say, just Michelle Obama, okay. she was a lot better at this. Okay. So okay. now, <laughs> finally, we have the very, very, very large box. What's in it? Yeah. Oh, a large big, box. Big. A big box. So so big as a car. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, I, I, I'd say a nice garden chair to sit in my small garden that would be nice just a recline thing you know like and sit back yeah. and it's there's there's cushions and i can put my feet up there's a foot up bit at the bottom Ooh, yeah. how does that work yeah. did michelle it's obama say that as well good oh we we can't say it might influence you what's in the box so. <laughs> a nice recliner, right. garden recliner open it up simon okay Neil, you're right. There is a nice recliner ah, in the box. Well done. That's amazing. Well done. <laughs> well done. Well done. Hey. And that brings us to the end of What's in the Box. Now, it's time for a thought experiment and just give some context for a thought experiment. You know, philosophers through the ages, throughout time, have been conducting what we call these thought experiments to challenge their thinking, ask better questions, shift their mental models and get really curious about the world around them. So every week we like to run our own versions of these maybe more modern day thought experiment. And John, I'll pass over to you for today's thought experiment with Mike. Thanks, Simon. And this is a particular favourite inspired by your fantastic podcast, Mike, called Moonshots. We thought we'd pose some statements about the moon. And you have to say whether it's true, and otherwise known as a moonshot, or whether it's false, and what we call moonshit. All right? So <laughs> this sort of experiment is called moonshot or moonshit. So here we go. Here's your first statement. It's an easy one to start for you. The moon is the same size as the earth. 
Is that a moonshot or is that moon shit? The moon and the earth are the same size. Moon shite. It's not nearly daring enough. It's not 10x, John. We got to go 10x if we're going moonshots. Come on. It is. It is moonshit. It's a quarter the size of the earth. There you go. See, we'll, we'll learn something along the way. Okay, so uh, let's have your next statement here. Apollo 17 was the final lunar landing mission. Is that moonshot or moonshite? Actually landed on the moon. Mm, 17. It's a bit of a fan of uh, this whole genre. <laughs> I think it's moonshite, but for a kind of a, a different reason. The fact that it's taken us so long and we still have never been back. And that's why I just think it's a whole crock of you know what, because we kind of lost the ambition there for a long time. So in my books, the fact that we have not been back makes it moonshite. You think it's moonshite? It is a moonshot. Is it? Apollo 17. Yeah. Was it the last one? Look, yeah. So in 1972, December the 11th, Apollo 17 had an astronaut, I think it was Eugene Cernan, uh, was on the surface of the moon and in a little um, roving vehicle, one of those little buggy things. I, oh, that sounds fun. How fun I didn't know it? that either. You, you, yeah. you, big, you well, picked yourself up there a little bit with, oh, I'm a fan of the genre. So. <laughs> Crash <laughs> so, and burn, but hey, I that's mean, part but, of it, right? Always be learning, Simon. <laughs> always be learning. Always right, be learning. So there we go. There I, go. Think, I think that's a learning for all of us, certainly for me. Here we go. So... Here we go. We've got uh, the moon is now widely recognized as being a piece of the Earth that broke off and then settled into orbit around the Earth. Oh, come on. That sounds like a total crock of you know what. No, it's a moonshot. <laughs> it's true. Is it true? <laughs> asteroid That's collision not very with the interesting. Earth. <laughs> Don't you want it to be from Mars? Come on. Well, I mean, there's some real crazy sort of uh, uh, theories around the Earth. I think back in the early 20th century, there was a couple of people who thought it was a hollowed out alien spacecraft, but we're not going to go there. I, I would have gone moon shit on that one too. Like that was. I like, know. When yeah. I see, look, so it's not an easy. It's not easy. No, it's not easy. Here we go. So good thought experiment. Domestic, oh. domestic dogs grow extra hair at a rate of five times its normal growth during a full moon. Are <laughs> oh, the conspiracy? Conspiracy theorist in me just wants to get on board with something like that. I mean, I don't even care if it's true, John. I mean, that is just, you know, when they talk about the 33rd parallel and all that kind of stuff, I'm totally down with that <laughs> stuff. Let's go. Let's make it six times. <laughs> so that's, is that moonshot or moonshot? Well, I have a feeling it's moonshot, but I want it to be a moonshot. How about Yes. That? Well done, Mike. That is complete and utter moonshot. Or moonshot. <laughs> I think it might go with moonshot. It sounds softer. Yeah, it does. <laughs> right, here we go. We got we got two more here. Yeah, the yeah, moon has the moon has its own time zone. Moonshot or moonshot? Wouldn't have a clue, but I'm I'm guessing moonshot on that one. It is a moonshot. It uh, it has lunar lunar standard time. So whilst oh, the time gosh. on Earth and the Moon conforms and is the same in terms of universal time (UT), there is an actual separate time zone which took effect from the moment Neil Armstrong landed on the Moon. They then started counting. Uh, I don't know what the quite cycle is. I'm not going to find it right now, but there is now a cycle of time and a standard a lunar standard time zone. There you go. 
John, do you think they're like, are they like, you know, GMT plus 7,544 or something? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I I saw it on a Zoom invite the other day. (laughs) (laughs) The challenge of trying to get two people to do a simultaneous podcast there is really hard. Yes, forget about it, as they say in the movies. (laughs) Australia, the UK is is easy by comparison. Here Mm -hmm. you go, it's the last one for you. Moonshot or moonshite, Donald Trump has laid claim to a tract of land on the moon and has plans to build the first off-planet golf course. That is just like so just deliciously bonkers that I'm going to have to say that's a moonshot, right? (laughs) It is not, but it's just so finely balanced, isn't it? It's moonshite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but like, what is the oh. fractional difference between shite and shot on that one? I mean, oh my gosh! And, and there we are. Well done, Mike. That's uh... <laughs> that Sorry, was sir. the uh, wonderful thought experiment: moon shot or moon shite slash shit. <laughs> Now, look, it's time for a thought experiment, and we like to continue the tradition of philosophers throughout the ages that you know, ask questions and think differently and conduct experiments to create new neural pathways in the brain and take us to a place of enlightenment. So, John, you've got a thought experiment. Let's hear what it is. I have. I'm quite, I'm quite excited about this. So, Jez, look, with your love of nature and all things creative, we have a very special thought experiment specifically for you, Jez, which is we want you to become a landscape gardener and build your very own, your very own lost garden of curiosity, creativity and imagination. And consider the garden for a moment. Soil providing nutrients, foundations and roots. Flowers providing sensory stimuli, sight, smell, and touch. Fauna providing birds, bees, cross-fertilization, vegetables, which are good for you. You sort of get the idea. So, (laughs) but what we want is the garden that would have, would make sprouts of curiosity, wild stems of creativity, and blooms of imagination come through. I'm getting a bit carried away. So let's start with the the soil. What what, What would be in the base? To sprout these things. <laughs> he thought he was going to like this, and now he's going, what the? Yeah, I, I thought it was going to be our plants. I was going to tell you what I was doing in my garden, and now I'm trying to wade my way through a metaphor with a machete. We're, we're twisting your melon. You can have a machete in this garden. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm going to need it by the sound of it to keep you from bloody popping up every time you want to peer around. Um, <laughs> uh, what would be in the soil? Oh, my gosh. It would, well questions it would be littered with questions that's what the soil would be like a vermiculite of questions to aid drainage and provide nutrients yeah absolutely yeah yeah what what, what about about the the sensory stimuli the the flora what would you have in there that would cultivate oh i would have groups of people from every single culture in the world in cultural dress so that you are drawn to colours and shape and things that you've never seen before and that you'd be naturally curious about. But, of course, the joy is that, well, I sort of get it now with my plant app. I can, you know, snap a plant. It'll tell me everything about it on my phone. 
But in this metaphor, it would encourage you, you could just go up and ask people and say, hey, the bone through your nose, what does that represent? What's it about? This incredible dress, why is it all decorated with these tiny little beads? Yeah, that's what I would do, create. Yeah, that's great. I'm loving now, this already. The, the, <laughs> does it sort of sound a bit like the garden of a serial killer, though? <laughs> Well, we can put the machete to one side, obviously. After John's been hacked down for his annoying <laughs> habit. Now, now <laughs> thinking along... Peering through the rhododendron. Thinking on the lines of, uh, the of fauna, what, and we might have this sort of crossover, what, what type yep. of fauna would we have in the, in the garden to create this space of creativity and imagination, curiosity? Oh, wow, now that is a good question. I sort of got a bit, I feel like I've peaked, Simon. I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> I mean, answers one and two were very good. I'm not sure there really need to be any more. <laughs> I think the fauna would be, I'm trying to think of how to describe it, um, memories from your own life. So there would be a, a kind of like a, a, a broad leaf memories, you know, with amazing detail and then, tiny little thin memories like bamboo that seem kind of wispy they're still there but and they create movement in your mind when the wind blows you can see there's some interaction and some movement but you can't necessarily quite pick out all of the detail that you'd want right now i'm going to commit to this i'm quite handy with a pen so i am going to draw this over the next three to four weeks this will be <laughs> this will come to life this little garden <gasps> so yes no way um, yeah, yeah that's what we should do. i'll uh, yeah. i'll draw this <gasps> This oh garden my is gosh. To life. So, um, can I oh, yeah, get a of course, copy? Yeah, you heard it here first. Yeah, yeah. Can yeah, you send absolutely. a photo? Oh, this will. Oh my gosh! I honestly, guys, you've made my day. This will sit. <laughs> I'm going to print it out yeah, yeah, with your permission, and it will sit in my office. I'm going to frame it. Well, if you got any more things you want to put in it, uh, Jez, then just let us know. Oh wow! Cafes, well, toilets, kids play. The sadistic area. part of my mind's <laughs> kicking in. I'm thinking, what's really difficult yeah. to draw? And on that, <laughs> that was our good experiment of this garden of curiosity, creativity, and imagination. So there you go, Simon. That was quite a selection of some of our favourite thought experiments over the past year with some great guests who say have all been a delight and have always thrown themselves into those thought experiments and, and played very well. And this is all part of us being the Occupational Philosophers and Not So Serious Business podcast. And you probably got an idea of the Not So Serious there a moment ago. But Simon, how else might you capture our Not So Serious Business podcast for those who maybe haven't heard before listening in for the first time. Well, as you said, we're a Not So Serious Business podcast to spark creativity, curiosity and imagination. Why Not So Serious? I don't know, John. I think the world is a too serious as it is. So no one ever went to work and wished they had a worse time that day. So a little bit more smile, a little bit more fun and I can't look at you and be serious, John. So that's why, <laughs> that's why we roll that Thanks, way, Simon. especially with that <laughs> wild hairdo. So look, John, we'd love it if you left us a rating. You can go check out our website, www.occupationalphilosophers.com. You can fax us at <laughs> occupationalphilosophers <laughs> at gmail.com. On our website, there is a bunch of socials where you can also contact us as well. We have three Twitter followers. You could be the fourth. How exciting. <laughs> and as usual, John, how do we sign off? <laughs> Stay curious. Have fun. Play more. Make stuff. And 
Update Live.